Welcome into the Spartan Sports Wrap. Sends an intro, that is fancy word for without an introduction tonight. Something wrong with the mini-disc, but hey, it's all good. We progress here in the Spartan Sports Wrap. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. The dial is 88.9 FM Lansing, worldwide at impact89fm.com. You can log in there and check out our live stream anywhere in the world as long as you have internet access. If you want to get in touch with us tonight, multiple ways. First of all, pick up the phone, give us a call. The number 517-432-3893, as well as an email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. I'll give you that one again, kind of a tongue twister, wdbmsports at gmail.com. If you're a little shy and you don't like hearing your voice, on the radio. Go ahead and shoot us an email. We're talking many things this hour, uh, but first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers go out to the 3,455 casualties of the Iraq War, the veterans of past wars, and those serving currently on this Memorial Day. A special shout out to the 127th Wing of the Air Force at Selfridge Air National Air, Air Force Base, pardon me, in my hometown of Mount Clemens, Michigan. So, on this Memorial Day, few top stories. As we reported first last week, Sam Vincent former Spartan, has been hired as the Charlotte Bobcats head coach. We'll talk about that in a few. Michigan State football, they've unveiled their new uniforms. We'll talk about what they look like and if we like them. Also, the Jazz versus Spurs and Pistons versus the Cavaliers. Both series, respectively, two games to one in favor of the Spurs and the Pistons. Also, Detroit Tigers swept by the Cleveland Indians. We'll talk a little baseball. Also, Michael Vick, dogfighting allegations. A whole outside-the-line segment on ESPN. We'll get to that as well. Plus, Maurice Joseph transferring to Vermont. This could happen. It could be in the works. We'll talk about the possibilities of where Mojo could be heading. Also, upcoming guests in the weeks to come. Don't forget, Timbo Gracchus will be joining us next week. Kelvin Torbert. And in, in the weeks after that, Kelvin Torbert is currently playing in Breeze, Belgium, in the European playoffs. He is in the, I believe he is in the finals now. So Kelvin Torbert, former Spartan. Once he gets back stateside, he will join us here on this show. And Timbo Gracchus, former glue, grits and glue guy, you could say, for the Tom Izzo Spartans. He'll join us next week on the show here. Tonight's special guest joining me right here in the studio. He's my man Ahmed Abukar. He has worked for the women's basketball team in the past, can spit a little knowledge about sports. So what is up, my friend? Nothing much. Just hanging in here and ready to talk about Sam Vincent. <laughs> he said he's ready. So before we get into Sam Vincent, man, I, I got to ask you a few questions. First of all, um, why, why did you choose to, to work as a manager for the women's uh, versus the men? And, and what are some of the valuable experiences you gained from that experience working with the women's team in the past? Um, I, I didn't get the opportunity to work for the women men's program, but I got the opportunity to work for the women's program, which was a great experience because I have never been to – a championship game ever in my sports career and uh being to one was man the most unforgettable thing that i can remember in sports i have ever done um but the experience is it's 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 hard work it's a lot of hours that you spend but the fact that you know you get the opportunity to see great coaches great people meet great fans of michigan state and you know great supporting cast from the other side as Tom Ezzo supports the program as well, was a phenomenal thing for me to see. Just not, you know, to see just us, our program doing it, but, you know, getting the support from the fans. It was something that I've greatly appreciated while I was at a manager at Michigan State. Absolutely, and, and we look at Michigan State and we look at the things that women's basketball 
on a whole has done in the past few years. And, and I really think that women's basketball is really uh, gaining popularity and gaining interest. Don't you agree? Yes, it's getting a lot of popularity and gaining a lot of interest because of the works of Joanne P. McCauley has done her tenure at Michigan State because she has recruited, played tough, uh, hired many, many experienced coaches such as Al Brown with recruiting-wise with um, – uh, Miss Gilbert, who's at you know Eastern Michigan right now as a head coach, so it, she has done an amazing job just just to bring the program to an elite level as it is right now. And now with Susie Merchant coming in, you can't you can only expect the program to grow even further. Yes, I I expect the program to be in championship status as you know Joanne P. McCauley has took off and left it as that main. I don't expect them to take a couple of steps back and, you know, start rebuilding again. I expect Mrs. Merchant to improve on what she what Joanne B. McCauley has left her. In, pl- in playing with, or par- pardon me, in, in actually working with the women's team, you actually had opportunities to play against those players. Who Who is the best female basketball player that you've ever played against? Liz Schimmick was the best player I have ever, women-wise, I've ever seen play because she could she could do anything possible on the court. She could defend well. She could help off the transition defense. She can beat any post player down the court. And she was a phenomenally offensive player, very smart, could shoot the mid-range jump shot, could take it to the hole, use her left hand very well. Liz Schimmick was probably the best player I've seen play at Michigan State. Hey, he's my right-hand man tonight. His name's Ahmed Abikar. He's going to help me spit some knowledge on sports tonight. As we first reported here on this very show last week, Sam Vincent, former Spartan backcourt mate of current Bulls head coach Scott Skiles, is now the head coach as the Charlotte Bobcats organization, hired by Michael Jordan. Jordan known for making less than stellar management moves. Okay, when he was with the Wizards, we all know of that disastrous number one pick, Kwame Brown. Okay, everyone can point to that easily and say Michael Jordan, tremendous player. As far as the general manager goes, not so tremendous. Uh, but in my opinion, Sam Vincent is a great hire. Yes, he's had no head coaching experience, but Spartan fans, we know our head coach Tom Izzo had no head coaching experience prior to his what now in his thirteenth year here at Michigan State, something like that, uh, you know, succeeding Judd Heathcote. Uh, but your thoughts on Sam Vincent being hired as the Charlotte Bobcats head coach, former Spartan? I think it's a, gr- it's a great hire for them because Sam has done many things in his, college, in his coaching tenures around the world. I mean, he coached the Nigerian women's and men's team. He coached the Nigerian women's to their first ever Olympic win against Serbia Montenegro, which is a powerhouse in women's basketball in the Olympics world. Um, he has coached the South African senior national team. At Gre- he has coached at Greece, Netherlands, and he has coached the NBA- NBDL, which is the development league. And he has coached under Laird- under Avery Johnson, who is who has never had a whole head coaching experience be- before Don Nelson took off. So I mean, he's been mentored. He's played against players like great like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. He's been coached by Phil Jackson. So I believe he's ready for this position. Currently, he has done all his work to get this job. And so in, in terms of, you know, the novelty behind the whole thing, you've got Scott Skiles coaching the Chicago Bulls. He was, you know, they were the backcourt mates together in like 1985. I wasn't even born, but Scott Skiles and, J- and Sam Vincent, pardon me, are, we're running the backcourt here together. Um, Sam's also going to hire his brother Jay, it seems, uh, for, another former Spartan who played with Magic and won the 79 title with. So that that's there's another Spartan. Um, but who do you think will be the first of those two, Skiles? 
and Vincent to win an NBA championship. Currently, right now, as speaking of right now, I believe Scott Skiles because he has the players to win. He is only missing the scoring post player, which you needed to win a championship. Whatever team you are, you can never win with guards. It has been proven in the past. I mean, look at Kareem, look at Shaq, look at, you know, Tim Duncan. You can't really win without an inside post present, and that's what the Bulls are missing. That's their only piece, a guy who can score down the, you know, down, down, the, down the stretch, you know, give it to the post, go inside out with Ben Gordon, Luol Deng, you know, having Chris Heinrich, and then have, you know, having Ben Wallace to rebound for every shot, you know, any man could take. So I believe that he is most suited for right now currently but the Bulls are upcoming as well they have great players like Raymond Fulton you know Moritz uh, Randolph um, excuse me uh, with my uh, Ray- Raymond Felton for, for the Bobcats for the Bobcats and um Mr. Okafor is doing well as well he's he's has a lot of in- a lot of injuries you know sending him back but you know they have great young talent Sean May is getting together so they could do good things but currently right now I believe the Bulls are in a better situation to win a championship. Oh, absolutely. They just, you know, they just gave the Pistons some trouble in the last series. Obviously, they're they're young. They've got Ben Gordon. They've got Tyrus Thomas. They've got some up and coming guns. And, and obviously, Scott Skiles isn't going anywhere soon because they, although they didn't make it to the conference finals, they st- they still had some success. And uh, that uh, I believe Scott Skiles will be rewarded for that. And, and like you said, they get another low post presence in there. But when you but you look at Charlotte, they've got the what eighth and twenty second pick in the upcoming draft. They're they're tr- just extremely young team, and, and with the arrival of Sam Vincent, I, I think you'll see Allen Anderson get a contract extension. So you know, no, it'll it'll work out for a lot of people down down in Charlotte. Yeah, it, it definitely will. I think Sam will do an amazing job using utilizing his players and you know who he has on that staff that he's gonna hopefully you know put together. I think they'll be they'll be good in a couple years. They'll be probably you know making the playoffs as an eighth or seventh seed. You know, time to come, I believe the Bobcats are going to be very, very, very good team because of the talent that they have and how Sam Vincent will utilize them. If you want to utilize your phones or your email, give us a shout. The number, 517-432-3893. And if you're on the web listening to us worldwide, it's wdbmsports at gmail.com. We'll check that frequently. If you're a little shy, like I said, go ahead, drop us an email or pick up the phone. The number, 517 517- Four three two thirty eight ninety three. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap on every Monday night. We're kicking it, talking about anything you'd like to speak about. First of all, our top story this hour: we, as we reported last week, Sam Vincent hired as the Bobcats head coach. Another NBA move that could possibly happen with the arrive with the arrival of the number one pick in Portland. Um, talk of Zach Randolph being traded. Uh, do you think this is possible because? of the conf- conflict of interest if the Trailblazers grab Greg Oden and they have another big man in, f- in the form of Zach Randolph? I think it's possible. <clears throat> I believe it's possible because, you know, they want to get the opportunity to get Mike Conley Jr. And they want to keep Greg Oden and Mike Conley Jr. together as they have, you know, played together all their lives, basically. Do you, do you think this is practical or do you just think this is a, a great idea, but it won't happen? Do you think this really could happen, that Mike Conley and Greg Oden, Ohio State former teammates, will play in the NBA together? I, I don't think that's, that's good, any practical because, you know, the Atlanta Hawks have, have let Chris Paul and Deron Williams off their feet. And now that, they, you know, they got the opportunity to get the best point guard in the draft as Mike Conley Jr., 
I think they will not make any hesitation. I hope they don't make any hesitation of grabbing Mike Conley Jr. in the third pick with the dra- off the draft because of many reasons. They don't have any point guard. Nothing against you know Speedy Claxton and you know some of the other guys on that team, but. You know, Mike Conley Jr. has played really well in his college basketball career. He's taken that Ohio State Ohio State team to a different level last season, you know, especially down the stretch. As you watch many of, you know, the NCAA games, I think all he needs to do is probably improve on his jump shots, his mid-range game, but he's a great point guard, and he can help that team a lot with Joe Johnson, Smith, and, you know, Mike Williams on the team. I think they can do a lot of good things if they pick him. But... I don't think Portland, you know, the Blazers, I don't think that's a great move because they have Jared Jack, they have good point guards who can play with Mike Conley, who, excuse me, who can play with, you know, Greg Oden. Yeah, absolutely. I see, I, I see them drafting Oden. It, in theory, it's a great idea. To, you know, in, you, you look at the Oden and Conley played AU ball together for, what, the past six, six years. years. They played, what, 30-some college games okay. together at Ohio State. They have a chemistry that at, at times you can't buy in the NBA, and, and, and as coaches, you, you certainly can't teach. So, I mean, if, the, if it's that valuable and, and, and they're willing to take that much of a risk in that financial uh, you know, sacrifice to get that, then, then maybe. But I, I don't think it, it, it will happen. I truly it, don't think that's mainly the problem because if they draft Greg Oden, they'll have Lamarck Soldier, who they drafted a couple of seasons ago, or last year, I believe it was in the draft, and they'll have Zach Randolph, and then they'll have Greg Oden with the big man. I think the best person that you know, they should get rid of is LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, although he's been playing really well as a young man, but Randolph has been proven. He's 20-10 night every night, and he can compliment Greg Oden, and Greg Oden's defense in the center of any situation. I mean, Greg Oden has played really well down the stretch in the middle of the court. It defended anybody he could ever defend, Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford, and he's played really well against these guys. So I believe I... They need to at least take a step back and see what they could do with those three big mans playing together instead of, you know, just letting them all go or letting them one go and, you know, just getting one and assuming that, you know, two of these will play together the best. You want to pick up the phone and give us a shout? We're talking a little college basketball, little NBA. It's 517-432-3893. We're on every Monday night. You miss us. You want to listen to one of our past shows, check out our podcast section on that very website, impact89fm.com. You can just check on the podcast section and look at past shows ranging all the way back to 2006. Uh, various interviews with Drew Neitzel, Edong Ebok, Marquise Gray, um, some men's and women's golf stars. If you didn't notice, men's and women's golf respectively won the Big Ten. Women's golf, 16th in the nation. They finished at the NCAA championships. So congratulations to them. I believe the men take the course this week for their respective NCAA championships. So the women finished 16th in the country. Got to love that. All your, you know, somewhat of your less major sports. Major sports. So, you know, I don't want to say the word minor. You know, I don't <laughs> want to don't offend anyone out there. But, hey, they're, they're doing great, and they deserve some praise. Also, we welcome you in on this Memorial Day. If you're not out barbecuing, don't worry. Although many sports shows around the area and the nation are airing, you know, best ofs, taped shows we, we're bringing it to you live, live from the from the dead campus that is michigan Jeez. state okay <laughs> you, you can't hear a word out there there's like three cars in the parking lot but hey we're in the basement of holden hall bringing it to you live you want to get on with us it's 517-432-3893 shy give us an email wdbm sports at gmail.com leave us your comments your questions we'll try to answer them uh but answering the call for the uniform questions will be 
myself, and Ahmed, okay? <laughs> Michigan State football unveils their new uniforms. Obviously, this is the radio, so you cannot see what we see. But more importantly, uh, MS, MSUSpartans.com. I can't tell you to go there, but guess what? That's where the pictures of the new uniforms are located. Can't tell you to do anything. Hey, we're nonprofit, but Nike's probably making a profit off these as, you know, merchandising. Um, but we went back to more traditional look. I don't know if you've seen them, Ahmed, but yes, I have. Um, more traditional look. Both home and away will go with the white pants with the green little, you know, the green little Nike swoosh on the hip well, with the Spartan on the other hip. And then with the with the home, yeah, I believe the home jerseys are what, green? Hundreds are going green with the traditional small print of Michigan State. I noticed. I noticed. I don't know if I like it or not yet. It's kind of smaller font, yeah, uh, but it's more traditional. And then uh, the helmet with the Spartan in the one stripe. Yep. Just just like the old school. I I don't I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that image is actually Mike D'Antoni's plan to put this team together and you know bring them to a winning status. I think this is Mike D'Antoni's. How you want to Mark, say Mark D'Antoni? Why Mark you think? Why you think of the Phoenix Suns? <laughs> they could be. They could almost be brothers. Mike D'Antoni, Mark yeah, D'Antoni. Yeah, they they should actually. They could actually be brothers. You never know those Italians. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> but but hey, it's part. It's part. Like you said, it's part of the image that yeah, he's just uplifting and touching on history as well. That that's right. And then getting the names on the back of the jerseys and you know the change. It's showing everyone else that we're moving on. You know, to different things instead of moving backwards, and I think it's a great idea to have the names in the back of the jerseys because, you know, as the fans that who don't come to the game, you know, all the time, they come once in a million years. You know, they could at least know who that player is who made the play, and you know, it's announced, but you know, they're always anxious to know who's on the sideline, what is he doing. So it's it's, it's a good thing, you know, and it it helps the sales of. You know the programs and everything that the you know the stadium has to offer. You know you could you could just be thinking, oh, it's just a simple name on the back of a jersey. But when you're trying to to sell to a recruit to come to Michigan State, I mean, to young egos in high school, that name on the back of the jersey means much more than many people would think. That's true, and and you have to realize that we are in the middle of two big you know schools that do the same. They have their names in the back of the jerseys, and they win. So. We have to upgrade to their status in order, in order for at least uh, for at least for us to get to their level. Because Michigan is getting everybody in the Midwest, and so is Ohio State. And the third school that Notre does Dame. the same is Notre Dame. And no one talks about Wisconsin, and they do a great Absolutely. job recruiting in the Midwest. So we really need to upgrade to that level of status that they're in, in order for us to win a lot of games. Absolutely, hey. We're still sticking here on the Sports Wrap. We'll take a quick break momentarily. But the number, if you want to jot it down before we take this break, is 517-432-3893. Before we go to the break, jot down the email address as well, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Happy Memorial Day. We'll be back with more sports news after these messages. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. 
For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. More importantly, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Just as you heard, our phone number is 432-3893. For those of you outside of the Greater Lansing area code, that's that's 517-432-3893. And like I said, the email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. If you're not by your computer and you're outside grilling, I don't blame you. I wish I was doing the same. But, hey, I've got three steaks in the fridge waiting for me when I get back to the old apartment. So, you know, and I've got things to look forward to. But more importantly, I'm alongside my man Ahmed. We're going to kick it. Talk some sports already wrapped up this hour as we reported first, okay? ESPN didn't even have this story first last week. I said Sam Vincent would be the next Bobcats head coach. And he was. Look at that. Inside information. No, nothing major. But, hey, Sam Vincent, former Spartan backcourt mate of Scott Skiles. He's now the head coach of the Bobcats, and that's some novelty because when you think of head coaches in the NBA that were once college teammates, it's a select few. I can't even think off the top of my head, but part of me has a feeling that if Larry Brown, that there may be a, a backcourt made of Larry, you think of Larry Brown, you've got to think of some vintage coaches that, have, that were once players, though. That's tough. If you know, give us a call, 517-432-3893. More importantly, we're talking about the Michigan State football uniforms. The names will be on the back of the jerseys next year. And to, and to my, that makes me happy. Okay? That makes me happy as To well. my chagrin, okay? Now when I look down on the field, I know who just caught that. Because when you have eight defensive backs, I'm not racist, who are all African-American because, you know, they're yeah. fast. And they're all 5'10", and they're all 190. And they just wear different numbers, and they all have helmets on. And you're not on the sideline to look in their face and see who they are. Distinction. We can finally distinguish who the players are on the field. And la- like last year, we got an offensive line, people going down hurt, big big bodies moving in and out. We know who they are. I think it's tremendous. How about the number one? Do you think any sports team should be allowed to distribute the number one? Or do you think that's you know too cocky, too confident, too arrogant to wear the number one? Or is it just I- simply another number? To me, simply, it's just another number. Where number one or not, you still have to perform on the field, on the court, or any aspect of any sports that you're playing. And, and cocky or not, if you're sitting at the end of the bench and you're wearing number one, it does no good. So it's just another number. It has nothing to do with spectacular or, you know. In some cases, it has to do with, like, jersey size. I mean, we know in basketball, in certain cases, the smaller numbers are the smaller sizes. Yeah. Moving on up. So, like, Brandon Darton, who was number one on the men's team last year. He's the smallest guy. So, hey, I don't know if number one's making a comeback or not. haven't had a chance to ask Coach D'Antonio that, but we know the names will be on the back of the jerseys. White pants on the road and at home. So on the road, we're going to be looking like snowballs. (laughs) Snowballs. Okay, total white with a little green. (laughs) But, 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 you know, they'll probably throw in some green Green socks socks. in there. What what about the shoes? What do you think, in black? Black, Black's so classic after the Fab Five. (laughs) The Fab Five made black shoes hot. Okay. I think green would be fine with the black shoes in a way, and then maybe green again <laughs> with those white pants. 
you can't wear all white away in white green white shoes. You got you got to be sexy on the football field. Though. I don't care <laughs> if it's you know the man the manliest sport out there, whatever. You got to look, look, look good. You got to look clean <laughs> because it's going to attract recruits, and you know Nike's going to like it. We know we've seen the University of Oregon how many uniforms they go through. Obviously, because that's yeah. Nike's backyard over there. What Beaverton, Oregon, mm-hmm. or something is that's right. The ca- the capital of Nike. Key. Over there, so you know the University of Oregon gets all the you know test uniforms. I forget how many they had, like eight uniforms with they the get, yellow and black and silver, whatever. They get a lot of uniforms. Their uniforms are just completely out of shape. Sometimes you just they catch your eye. They you you assume that they're supposed to wear all yellow one day away, and then the next day they're just wearing all green or all black, and they're just changing every day. Every game they have a new uniform. I. Well, come, well, come September 1st, when Michigan State takes the field against who? UAB, you will see a new uniform. That's right. And, and I think they're pretty clean. MSUSpartans.com has the photos. I believe Caleb Thornhill and Brian Hoyer. Also, Caleb Thornhill is going to wear number 41 in honor of his father who passed away this past year. So big ups to him. On this Memorial Day, we thank all you who have served in, this, in the armed services and those who are currently serving. Um, the uniforms, actually, they're, they're very tough to grab. They the fabric is made of some weird fabric where you know when a player is running you just can't you know grab him by the jersey and you know hang on to him. Is there? I don't know how to explain. More of a skin tight jersey, kind of like Under Armour or something like that. Yeah, kind of like that. When you grab it, it just doesn't stretch as much, but like it only stretches to a certain extent. So where, this is the new jersey that Michigan State yeah, has. The new jersey. Oh I guess wow! It only stretches to a certain amount where you know you can't hang on to it for a certain long time. That's qual- That's how I used to tackle people. I could never wrap up. I was, You're out of luck now. <laughs> so I just grab and hang on. But yeah, Michigan State football, they'll have new uniforms. They unveiled them this past week. So look for them September 1st when they take the field at Spartan Stadium. Uh, single stripe on the helmet, the Spartan emblem on the side of the helmet, and just uh, the smaller lettering of Michigan State across the chest with the names on the back, which I'm a fan of definitely as a sports writer. And I also work in Sports Info, so it's easier to tell who's on the field, field when you have to keep statistics. So there it is. Hey, our number, 517-432-3893. Yes, we are live, even though many sports shows, as I've listened to today, are taped. You know, the best of this, the best of that. How about this? The Spartan Sports Wrap coming to you live on this Memorial Day, whether you're outside grilling it up, inside chilling out, or straight being a villain, whatever <laughs> whatever it is. I'm alongside him, man. We're kicking it. Sam Vincent is new Bobcats head coach. Michigan State football, they're going to have new uniforms. And just as the Pistons are ahead 2-1 to one in their series, so are the San Antonio Spurs. So the Jazz and the Spurs series, we'll get to the Pistons in a moment. Don't worry. We know that's Detroit's team. we got to discuss the West because this is our possible finals matchup. Okay, well, this series, the Jazz and Spurs go more than five games. Yes, this series will definitely go more than five games if Manu Ginobili does not show up. One reason. I mean... When the Spurs win, the first game, Manager Nobly went 23 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 2 of 3 from the three-point line, and he had 10 assists. Second game, he shot very well. He went 6 of 12, 3 of 7 from the three-point line, and 2 of 2 from the free-throw line with 17 points. And the next game, the first game, the last game, he played 30 minutes with 4 of 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from the free throw line, and 14 points. Basically, the key man of this series is Manu Ginobili. Shut down, shut Manu Ginobili down, you have a chance of winning. Absolutely. We know the Jazz are down 2-1 to one in this series. Game 4 is tonight, though, 9 o'clock. So we'll see if the Jazz can even the series. Do you think Jazz even it up tonight? Yes, they will. 
because Carlos Boozer, it's it's a phenomenal player back-to-back games at home. He showed that in the Golden State Series, and that to me was, he's probably the MVP of their team because he averages 20 points a game and 11 rebounds a game. And the supporting cast showed up last night, I mean a couple nights ago when they played the Spurs. Uh, Darren Williams had 31 points with uh, nine assists to go with it. So, assumingly, you know, assuming that Darren Williams plays tonight, he is questionable for the night. So, and he performs like he performed last game. They will win tonight, and that series will go in seven. Seven games for the Jazz and the Spurs. That could that definitely favors whoever's coming out of the East because obviously they'll be winded out West. But more importantly, you you look at what the Jazz did right finally. I mean, they came home. Obviously, their crowd provides that that high energy environment. Yes, just like did. just like we saw in in Golden State. In Golden State, yeah. Golden State brought that. Um, my friend Maurice Sager said that was one of the the craziest environments in the NBA he's ever played in. All yeah, he's a rookie, but he. I mean, he's seen college. He said it was just like a college environment out there in Golden State, and that and that's what Utah's bringing. What, what else do they have to do in Utah? They even have they don't even have a football team. <laughs> I mean, they've got Jim Boylan, our old assistant over there at the at the at, university. At the university you know, but, but hey, the, the 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 crowd, Darren Williams played extremely well. I'm hoping he plays in, tonight. Tonight, because he is just a key. He's he's one of the up and coming point guards in the league. Really, he's he's just so strong. He he killed San Antonio's perimeter. He's Parker cannot stay with Darren Williams for some reason, and Parker is the quickest point guard you know today, and. Darren Williams makes good decisions. So, t- Tony Parker's the quickest point guard. You th- you really think that, that you know today? I don't. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson is not truly a point guard. He's uh, a scoring guard, say, a tweener. You hear how you want to say he's between the one and the two if that exists. <laughs> I mean, Allen Iverson doesn't distribute, and his his main goal is not to get the ball to everyone else. His goal is to score, and that's what he does best, and he's proven that. Hey, if you do best. Is called talking. Give us a call. 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Let me say that slowly, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Happy Memorial Day to you. Thank you for joining us. We're on every Monday night. Well, at least I am. Ahmed is in, you know, pinch hitting tonight. <laughs> you know, maybe he'll make an appearance somewhere down the road, but it's me usually. My name's Dan. I'm in the hot seat. You want to pick a bone with me or throw out your, you know, your opinion. It's 517-432-3893 behind the glass on the boards. We'll call him Engineer J. Can't can't give away his identity. Secret secret man. But hey, don't forget coming up after my show at the what is it? The bottom of the hour, eight o'clock? Would that be the bottom of the hour? I don't know. Top of the hour. Pardon me. Get my directions mixed up here. At the top of the hour, it's the Jazz Spectrum. We know who hosts that. His name's Jeff Shoop. So. As long as you stay faithful to my show, you might as well just keep the radio tuned in to the Jazz Spectrum. Keep it tuned in while we take this quick break. But when we come back, we will discuss a little bit more about who the best player in the NBA is in the past 10 years. Is it Tim Duncan? Is it Kobe Bryant? We'll discuss. Also, Pistons, Cavs. Pistons up 2-1. Is it LeBron's time to win? Or will the Pistons be back in the NBA Finals? We discuss when we return. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student, 
as a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Impact 89 FM, MSU Student Radio. I'm your host, Dan Duggar. This is my show, the Spartan Sports Wrap, on every Monday night. That's right, it's my show. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Impact 89 FM, 89, 88.9 FM, Lansing. Or if you're anywhere in the world and have internet access, please join us at impact89fm.com. Also, all our shows are archived online. So, Ahmed, when you're done here, wait a week or two, and you can go check out yourself online. That's right. It's intense, 2007. <laughs> Michigan Association of Broadcasters, College Station of the Year is what we are. So trying to do things right and on the cutting edge. We have a live stream, impact89fm.com, just in case you're outside of Lansing. And all our shows are podcasts. So check that out. I don't know how it's done. I'm just in love with the fact that I can go back and listen to like 30 of my shows. So that's all I do all day. <laughs> just listen. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be despicable. And I just hear all the times I'd mess up. And But hey. Not messing up are the Spurs, obviously. They're up 2-1, pardon me, but they could mess up if the Jazz win in Game 4, which I think they will. Um, first of all, the Jazz are 7-0 er, at home in the playoffs. That's right. Their yeah. crowd is tremendous. Um, they blew San Antonio away in that second half. Uh, if Darren Williams is healthy, they'll be fine. And, and all the while, it seems as if Andre Karolenko has not even played up to his potential or up to what we've seen him play. But more importantly, before the break, we discussed a question. We posed a little question. Of the past 10 years, this now includes Kobe Bryant. Is Tim Duncan the best player of the past decade? That's a tough question to answer because you have a lot of players who haven't won as many games as Tim Duncan has, but they have been, you know, they have performed up to their level of play. Like Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, you know, Allen Iverson has done really well the past 10 years to, from so he took the Sixers to the finals. Never won. What's Never Tim won. Duncan got three? But Tim Duncan has three championships. So basically, you could say the argument for Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan, I would give it to Kobe because he's, he's, he, he's a game changer. He can change the game in any form possible, defensively, offensively. He can take over games. By himself, he can score as many points as he wishes. I mean, he has the referees on his side. He's he's done his dues. Where Tim Duncan, you can only go to him. You know, when when you can't go to him like Kobe Bryant. You know, you can't give him the ball and assume that he needs to make plays down the stretch. You know, you have to have other people consistently involved in order for him to do well down the stretch. Tim Duncan is tremendous, though. Obviously, we talked about it. We talked about a terrible number one pick by Jordan Kwame Brown. Tim Duncan is a number one pick by the Spurs that they will never, ever regret. He has averaged over 20 points in every season, every season for 10 seasons, since he's been in the league in 97, 98, over 20 points. As a rookie, he averaged 21 and 12. His career average, nearly 22 and 12. As 
in his career. That's tremendous numbers to average that. And he does it so efficiently, okay? His free throw shooting is atrocious. Atrocious. Less than 70%. Okay? Uh, he's, he's taken like five three-pointers in his life. Okay? We'll never see that. But field goal percentage over 50%. If you're a big man, it's got to be. It's got to be because you're getting all dunks. You're getting all, you know, hook shots. He uses the glass very well. That's why his shooting percentage is so high. So, you know, field goal percentage of over 50% on his career. And he rebounds the ball well. He's got three NBA championships. It's it's a solid argument that he's the best player of the past 10 years. And he won those championships without, you could say Kobe. Kobe won those championships with with Shaq. With Shaquille O'Neal. Tim Duncan won those championships with significant role players, but he won those, you know, majorly by himself. Yeah, and he's three-time MVP. So you got to give it up to Tim Duncan. The past 10 years, today, Kobe Bryant is the best player in the world. Point blank. Point blank. Kobe (laughs) Bryant is the best player in the world. You want to argue 517-432-3893. I don't care if Kobe's out here saying that I demand Jerry West to be the general manager of the Lakers or I'm, I want to trade. I don't care what Kobe's saying. I don't care if you think he's less of a man because he demands this. There is no player in the world with more of a killer instinct, with more of an ability to take over a game or score 50 points on any given night than Kobe Bryant. Easily. Any GM in this league will take Kobe Bryant. His, his you know checkered criminal past. He was never convicted of anything. You know He had those problems. If the Lakers were more successful and smarter and would get him some more help, he'd be the league MVP soon enough. True. I mean, the league MVP went to Dirk. Some people would argue they'd rather have seen it gone to Kobe. I'd rather have seen it going to Nash again. Nash again. Uh, get out of here. Nash. Okay, Nash Nash distributes well. Nash can, you know, fill it up, drop dimes. Nash cannot play a liquid defense, Ahmed. I could take Steve Nash to the bucket with, with my broken shoulder. Let's argue that Nash is the best player in the league because because of his team. Without him, they don't win as many games. He's valuable to his team. That's that's the definition of me to to the MVP. Of Most the valuable player to that team. You take him away from that team, and they just crumble. And is it, that what you're saying? It, they just they will not be as good as they. They wouldn't win sixty some games. They wouldn't, you know, advance in the conference. Say, Hands know. down, Kobe is the MVP then. You take Kobe away from that Lakers team, you're taking 30 points a game from what? An offense that, that's probably like, they, an offense that averages what? Probably 80, 90 points a game. I'm going to look it up. If you take Kobe away from the Lakers, they're left with nothing. Who they have? Smush Parker? Uh, let's see, former Piston on the wing. Uh, Maurice Evans? Come on, are you kidding I think the, you can't you can't argue with the MVP pick this year. Okay, what they need to do is give the MVP out at the culmination of the regular season before the playoffs. playoffs. We don't need a first or a second round to go by to have that lingering in our mind to see who the MVP of the regular season is because we have a playoffs MVP in the finals. Chauncey Billups won it in 04. Yeah, but they they do the voting after the season before the playoffs, but they announce it after you know the second round or when the second round gets around to the playoffs. But I, to me, Dirk Nowitzki was not, you know, the caliber of players should have won the MVP. I would make the argument for Kobe Bryant as well, but Kobe didn't make the playoffs. I guess that's that's the only big deal that you know that's holding Kobe back from winning MVP. As I said, you know, I I think Steve Nash is a game changer in any aspects of the game. Okay, Lakers Lakers score. Oh, they they averaged over 100 points a game. Pardon me. Okay, 
I forgot they're out west. 103 points a game is what the Lakers averaged. Just a hair over 500 on the season. But if you take Kobe Bryant away from that team, that team crumbles. You take Dirk Nowitzki away from the Mavericks, I believe they 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 suffer, but not as much as Kobe from the Lakers. I mean, you you look at you look at Dirk Nowitzki away from the Mavericks. Okay, a, a, a potential score. Uh, who, who's going to come off the bench? Look at the depth of the of the of the, of the Dallas, Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks. Tremendous. Seven. Not to mention that you know rumor on the street is that Jason Terry's being shot. Shopped. Which, personally, eh, I wouldn't mind because that opens up more minutes for a former Spartan by the name of Mo Egg. I I wouldn't mind Jason Terry leaving that team as well. But we'll we'll talk more about that. More about the Eastern Conference. Yes, the argument can go on for hours. Who's better in the past 10 years? Kobe or Tim Duncan each respectively have three rings. But the Pistons lost to the Cavaliers by, what, six last night. Uh, they beat them by six points combined in the first, first two, games. two games. There you go. There's some, there's some numbers for you. It's t- first of all, it's time to get off LeBron James. I'm sick of hearing people bash LeBron James the first two games for first passing up the shot then missing the shot, and now all of a sudden the media is best friends with LeBron because he puts that dagger down the Pistons' throat with, what, a minute to go? Not to mention the, the eight ice-cold jumpers he wetted in the fourth quarter. He had 12 Tre- points in the fourth quarter, something that he hasn't done the first two games. Tremendous play by LeBron. LeBron. We forget LeBron is a player that came right out of high school. Michael Jordan was a player that spent three years at North Carolina. Not to mention, LeBron did not win it, or Jordan did not win his first championship until what the seventh year in the NBA. What's LeBron in his fourth, his fourth, Th- third or fourth year? I can't even count. LeBron, twenty-two years old, a, just a few months older than me, as in his prime yet. Doing these things, okay? We know he's not a tremendous jump shooter. Did you see what he did to Rasheed Wallace? Sign it, yes. Rasheed. Keep your Rasheed just needs to keep his mouth shut for the remainder of the series. I think. LeBron just sent LeBron sent a message. I'll tell you what, the 89-90 Pistons, the bad boys, that dunk would not have happened. That's true. The attitude, not the same. But LeBron, I love it. Get off his case. The media is quick to jump on him when he doesn't shoot or he shoots and misses. Not to mention Larry Hughes is terrible. Not, Larry Hughes probably won't play in Game 4, it sort of sounds like. Reports are saying Larry Hughes out for Game 4, which is not so much a detriment for the Cavaliers. See, means Hughes... Is shooting probably like thirty percent on the series, something ridiculously low, very low. But I don't think that'll hurt him. I mean, yes, you know, we know we know it's, it's been a nice transition to point for Larry Hughes. But the Pistons backcourt, speaking of backcourt combos, you know LeBron and Larry, Rip and Chauncey, they went, played, went AWOL. They played terrible, but Chauncey showed up at the end of the game when it was way too late, and that's just. That's not that's not acceptable from Chauncey. He passed up a lot of shots, you know, a lot of open shots at times. But the series is decided by LeBron James. When LeBron scores over 21, they are nine and zero. When they score over 86 points, they're nine and zero. And you have to stop LeBron. You have to keep the ball off LeBron's hands because he makes every play for them. And you, the and you look at the points in the paint. When LeBron attacks the rim is when he's at his best. Best. And you have to keep the ball away from him, like I said. he may, He's the point guard, the shooting guard, the forward. And you could sometimes even say the center because he's boarding half of the time on defense. He's just, you have to, LeBron 
has to be stopped by Tayshaun Prince. And if that happens, Tayshaun can have a slump on offense, but when he stops LeBron under 20 points, they always win. They're 0-4 when LeBron does that. When they score less than 86 points, they're 0-4. In this playoffs this year. So stop LeBron and let's end the series. Pistons lose 82-88. to Cleveland now trails only by one game. And now the Pistons are faced with it, somewhat of a must-win. Because like last year, you don't want to have to take the the Cavs down. You don't want to. This season, if you take the Cavs down to six, six games or seven games and give them the opportunity to finish the series off in six or seven, there's no way the Pistons will do it. But no this way. is, I mean, you could have seen this one coming. Okay, first game yeah. in Cleveland. The, the queue is pumped. LeBron needs to shake off a couple subpar performances, which he and does on 12 of 21 shooting. Not to mention he was two for three from beyond the arc with a a couple step-back daggers from 23 feet 9 inches. Just ridiculous. Like the time he shook Tayshaun in the corner, step back. That, step that is back. such a difficult shot. That's a very difficult and then, shot. And then, I mean, corner. go out there and try that in your driveway from 25 feet. See how You'll airball you 5, 10 in a row. With Tayshaun in your grill, you kidding? LeBron played out of his mind, and he played when it counted. You're starting to see the killer. You think LeBron's got the killer instinct that Kobe has? No, not yet. LeBron doesn't have that swagger that Kobe and Jordan had, you know, present in the game. LeBron is just missing that, just that, you know, we're going to win and that's it. There's no questions asked about it. Just like LeBron, just like Kobe and, you know, Jordan has presented in their careers, and they are as well. He's just missing that swagger that I can do anything I want to do. So he's not ready. He's not there yet. Give him a couple years and... They will win a lot of games. You want to join us? It's 517-432-3893 is the number. You're a little shy. You want to drop an email. It's wdbmsports at gmail.com. So go ahead and get in contact with us if you'd like. Meanwhile, the Pistons up 2-1 in the series against the Cavaliers. I would have liked to see Jason Maxiel a bit more, uh, but when you get 16 and 15 points out of Chris Webber and Rasheed Wallace respectively, you're not going to see Max. Yeah. I mean, he played so well in Game Two. Two, he's, oh he's, my goodness, we saw each other. That two. we saw each other yeah. when we watched again. Early in Game Two, he played very, very well. He had eleven of the twenty-one points that the team had scored in the first, you know, in the first quarter, and he played very. He played amazing, and we need that. We need that energy presented in the middle. We need to keep subbing those. You know, for God granted, um, Chris Webber was in foul trouble. I don't understand why he didn't play very much. So. I mean, you, you look at the Pistons bench, though. You know, albeit they still had 18 points off the bench compared to to Cleveland's nine. All that coming through Daniel Gibson, who some are saying now is Daniel Gibson really going to damper Shannon Brown's minutes. And I really think that Shannon Brown that, that's more more than an injury issue there. I think there may be issues with coach player relations there. I really think Shannon has the ability. I saw him play two days ago. He was in East Lansing, although the Cavs are in the playoffs. He was here playing in open gym. I don't yeah, no, no, good for him. He looked amazing, more explosive than he was in college. There's no reason he should not be playing. Um, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes in Cleveland. It's not mine to, to you know make assumptions, but he has the talent to play right now. I mean, you look, who, who's playing for Cleveland? You've got a, a, a bummy Larry Hughes who scored, what, six points in 22 minutes. Um, and then you've got LeBron scoring, you know, carrying the weight. But what what impresses me most about Cleveland and what is dangerous about them is how hard Drew Gooden, Ilgowskis, and Pavlovich play. 
They play extremely hard. They may not be the most talented sidekicks for LeBron. Yeah, but you they don't play. Give, they play their heart out. You don't give Pavlovich a lot of credit for uh, you know stepping up and guarding Rip Hamilton and shadowing him all game. I mean, he has done a tremendous job frustrating Hamilton during the stretch. And the thing that you forget that you know why Gibson is playing is because he can shoot the three, and I believe that's the only reason Gibson is playing because he can shoot that deep three. They don't need you know you know Shannon to drive to the basket with a dunk. They have LeBron doing that, and they want people, you know, when LeBron goes to the basket that he can kick out and shoot the three with. That's that's their whole strategy sometimes, and that's how they want to play. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Daniel Gibson, what is he, 6'1", 6'2", at the most. Not athletic. You know, he's, he's not a great defender. I know Shan- Shannon brings tremendous physical presence to the court. He can finish. He, obviously, he struggles a bit with the J, but he'll be all right. We'll be all right as well. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk a little Michael Vick and a little Maurice Joseph coming up this hour. We've got 10 minutes left. If you want to get in with us, it's 517-432-3893. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact 89 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. More importantly, you're tuned in to the Spartan Sports Wrapper on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m., right here on Impact 89 FM, Michigan State Student Radio. If you want to catch us online and you're not within listening area, it's impact89fm.com. We've got the live stream. And now we have an email coming from Jay in Grand Ledge. It says, why is it every time the Pistons win... It seems that the other team is blamed for a poor performance, such as the case in Cleveland. And now we have a case with, you know, right now with Cleveland, that it seems that Detroit is always painted as the, as the bad person. So to, to help answer this question for this hopefully faithful listener, you know, we'll go ahead and discuss. Obviously, the Cavaliers had chances in both games, one and two, to win the game. But more importantly, the Pistons finished, and at the end of the day, the Pistons had more points than the Cavaliers had. It's easy to argue that did the Cavs lose it or did the Pistons win it? You know, it's a popular sports item to speak on throughout any show. I think I think the thing is that the media has developed a perception about the Detroit sports for some reason. I don't know what it is, but that, you know, the fact that when Detroit sports team win, they always credit, you know, the other team for losing. I mean, you the headlines say, oh, you know, the Boston Red Sox blew it. No, it's not the, because the Boston Red Sox blew it. It's just because the Detroit Tigers beat them. Or, you know, the Detroit 
the Cavaliers blew the first game is not that because it's just Detroit has beat them. You know, I just like Dan said, we have more points than you, and that's just the end of the day. We won. You can say all about it. It's just that media perception that they have about Detroit, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Game three, did the Cavs win it or did the Pistons lose it? No, the Cavs won the game because the Pistons came out and their backcourt couldn't make a shot. To me, to, to be honest, to stay on this topic of the Pistons, Cavs, sorry if, if you want to hear about baseball and Michael Vick and Maurice Joseph. We'll, we'll, I'll try to get to Mojo at the end of the hour. But when you, when you look at the Pistons, you could argue that the Pistons played their best and their most efficient game okay. in Game 3. Rip Hamilton and Chauncey missed wide-open shots. We held Cleveland to, what, 88 points? Holding a team in the NBA to under 90 is somewhat of an accomplishment. So the Pistons, to me, they executed. They were efficient in both the front court and, in some cases, the wings. We know Rip and Chauncey did not play. Tayshawn played great. He shot somewhere around 50%, had about 13, 15 points, all while guarding LeBron James. And the Pistons lost. So we're going to say, oh, the Pistons gave it away. Give credit to Cleveland. They played well. LeBron played amazing. Had fire in his eyes, ice in his veins in the fourth quarter. He took that shot with under a minute to go. Bottoms. LeBron wanted that game. After the game, he said, this game is the most important one of my career. And I agree with you, LeBron. LJ23, I agree. And you came up and rose to the occasion. People, get off LeBron. He is going to be the greatest player in the world. Right now, he is the second best player in the world. Kobe Bryant, I just have to give it to Kobe. But enough about riding Kobe's jock, if, you know, well, I said it on the radio, so, you know, oh, well, I think that's appropriate. No, no cuss words. Here we go. I've heard worse on the Jim Rome show. <laughs> Progressing. Another Detroit team loses to Cleveland. The Tigers were swept by the Indians. We'll discuss. I'll just I'll just briefly wrap this one up, and we'll get to Maurice Joseph because we only have five minutes left. But the Tigers were swept by the Indians in three games this weekend, all played at Comerica Park. Is it time to worry? No, because baseball plays 162 games. There's plenty of season left. Okay, I just heard that the World Series is going into November. Now, Are you kidding? You might have to build a dome over Comerica if the Tigers are in it. But the Tigers, I would worry a bit because I've heard rumors that Zumaya may not be back this year because of that injury and that surgery. Kenny Rogers, still MIA in the bullpen. And we're depending on Jose Mesa, old enough to be my father, out of the bullpen to come in and relieve. He's 41 years old. He's a veteran, yes, but does he have the same fire he had 18 seasons ago when he broke into the league? What, 20? He's in like his 20th season. I mean, cr- incredible longevity. But this guy is not the one you want to have to hand the ball over to. Todd Jones, he's you know he's doing decent. But I'm worried about the bullpen. I mean, our starting pitching is solid. Yes, you look at some of the, you know, Maroth, he got touched up in the first. But, you know, you look at Verlander. We got a solid pitcher in, in Justin Verlander, the AL Rookie of the Year last year. But unless we, I might see, you might see Dombrowski go out and get some help for the bullpen because that's where we're hurting. But don't worry. It's not the end of the year. Yes, we had a bad series. Maglio Ordonez still leads the major leagues in RBIs. Or do, do, I, do I have to be correct and say RBI? Because the abbreviation is runs batted in. So I heard someone get corrected on that. Like, you can't say RBIs. That's not the correct usage of the plural. Get out of here. 
It's been RBIs since I was in Little League. RBIs. Maglio. You look at Chef. Chef's batting well. He had a great game last night. I actually watched that game. A tremendous night in sports if you're a Detroit fan. You're flipping from ESPN to what? TNT watching the Pistons and the Cavs. Watching the Indians and the Tigers. But unfortunately, Detroit came on bottom in both games. Unfortunately. But at the end of the day, you will see the Tigers advancing deep in the postseason. If we get healthy arms, I think we'll be back in the World Series. If Zumaya comes back, Kenny Rogers will be there. We'll be at the show. The big show. Also, the Pistons, they will win the NBA championship. Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton collectively will not play that poorly again in this postseason. They already know. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to say, Chauncey, Rip, you guys are terrible. They know. They said it themselves in the newspapers, in the interviews. They know. So I don't need to sit here and badger them and tell them how poorly they shot. They saw the stat sheet. They will come out. Chauncey Billups will be unstoppable in Game 4. He will come out with a swagger that is unparalleled, unless your name is Kobe. Rip Hamilton, the same. They're in the gym shooting, I'm sure. But enough of that. The Pistons will win. The Tigers, if they get healthy arms, they'll be fine. But more importantly, a little Michigan State news. Maurice Joseph was on a Vermont television station a couple weeks back. He took an official visit out there. I think it was an official visit, but he was interviewed by a local TV station out there. And it seems as if that, if all works out, that Mojo will be headed to the University of Vermont. Unfortunate, Mojo is a great person. He's a great guy. Sometimes things just don't work out. Mojo's looking in the mirror, and he's seeing three talented, pardon me, four actually, talented young freshmen, three scholarship, one preferred walk-on coming into the program. In just a few short weeks, I'm sure, they'll be arriving on campus. Chris Allen, Darrell Summers, Kalen Lucas, and Austin Thornton, the preferred walk-on. And he sees his playing time being very diminished. What do you play? At the end of the year, six minutes a game was his average? Yep. At one point in the season, in the non-conference, he was our leading scorer through like three games. He's, he's a good player. It's just, it's just unfortunate that it didn't work out. I think it might be a better fit for Mojo. With the decision he's faced with, does he want to be a role player at a program that is going to win a national championship, I think, very soon. Or make tremendous noise in the tournament very soon. Or does he want to flourish, I think he can, at somewhat of a smaller program. Yes, I think I think he wants to maybe flourish at a smaller program. But, you know, just leaving here, you know, starting your career here and, you know, growing with some guys your age and, you know, developing a lot of good things with the players – I think that makes it a lot harder for him just to transfer, even without basketball-wise. Just personality and, you know, being around the guys is the thing that I think he's thinking over the most because some of the guys are very fun to be around. You know, they're, he's a great guy to be around. So I think his, his, you know, his whole thing is not about basketball. It's just where he can fit the best personally and, you know, enjoy his career as a basketball player. Absolutely, and that is it for our show tonight. I think my... Co-host Ahmed Abukar for joining me tonight. He might be back this summer spitting some hot game on the mic tonight behind the glass. We'll call him Engineer Jay making it happen tonight. Don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour is the Jazz Spectrum. For your best jazz music in East Lansing, be sure to stay tuned for that. And be sure to stay with us next week as we will be right here, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Don't forget, listen to past shows on Impact 89 FM. Have a great Memorial Day. And once again, thanks to those veterans and those serving in the armed services. Have a great Memorial Day, and we'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.